When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Dyer joining them. Lucas Moura! Well, he missed a glorious opportunity from six yards out, but he's just banged one in from 18. Wonderful goal to give Tottenham a deserved lead. And Fulham's resistance is finally broken. Beginning to find more space in an attacking context now. And they should and have made it 1-1. The initial chance missed by Sessegnon. Mitrovic reacted superbly. Fulham back on level terms. Rewarded for a more enterprising start of the second half. It's Trippier. It's 2-1. A free kick of breathtaking quality. Left Lucas Moura to his right. Here's Harry Kane. Is this his moment? Yes, it is. Finally, Harry Kane scores a Premier League goal in August. An August striker in every way, seldom in the first month of the season. Now, he's done it. Hello guys, welcome back to yet another week of The Last Word on Spurs. Guys, as I'm sure you are aware by now, you can follow the show across a variety of different platforms. We are, of course, on Twitter at Last Word on Spurs. You can also find us on Facebook and also not forgetting Instagram. You can catch The Last Word on Spurs not only on the podcast, but also live on Love Sport Radio every single Tuesday night between the hours of 7pm to 9pm. We would love for you to get involved in the show. You can discuss this week the Fulham game with us. Talk to us about how Spurs managed to once again get back to winning ways at Wembley. You can also preview Manchester United with us. Call us on 0208 That's 0208 And stick plus 4-4 in front of it if you're calling from outside the UK. You can of course listen to the show on 
558am and DAB Radio. That's 558am and DAB Radio. But for now, enjoy the show and let's discuss that fantastic win over Fulham and that preview of Manchester United. And first up, I've got to my left, a regular to the show as always, Lee McQueen joins me. Lee, how are you? Uh, very well, Rick. How are you doing? Hello, boys. Hello, listeners. Yes, Lee, you must be delighted on the back of that weekend win. Oh, I'm absolutely delighted, mate. It's uh, been a great, fantastic week. I've just got back off uh, off my holiday with my family. Uh, see two uh, two Spurs wins, six points in the bag. No one's talking about us for a title challenge, of course, because why would they? Because we're not fashionable for the media. And uh, yeah, it's all rose in the garden here, mate. <laughs> there you go. Lee's back on the show. Joining Lee tonight, delighted to have two returning guests to the last word on Spurs. First up, with Jason not being here tonight, this is the voice of reason. We've got Paul O'Keefe joining us. Paul, how are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm good, thanks. And uh, a good evening to you, Ricky. Thank you very much, Paul. Delighted to have you back on the show. It's been too long, Paul, hasn't it? Yeah, well, like um, like Lee just said, I've been away on my holes as well. So I got back on Friday from the States and uh, it has been a bit of a while since I lost. Uh, checked in with you guys so we'll give it a well tonight we will indeed and then listen we should be in positive mood tonight two people back from holidays and finally last but not least we've got the brilliant Dan from Yidvids joining us Dan how are you uh, good evening boys good evening Ricky how you doing Dan, I'll say hello well? to yeah I'll, say, uh, yeah I'll say hello to Jason if you're listening as well oh he's listening don't worry about that he'll be listening Jason <laughs> with his Toby Adam he'll have his Toby shirt on <laughs> yeah he will yeah well maybe it's his Oko one or his Oreo one who knows <laughs> See how he's feeling that day. Oh, Dan, I just forgot, Dan. There's no Oreo this week we need to talk about. What are we going to do oh, ourselves? Oh, yeah. Thank, thank God for that. Thank God for that. I'm yeah. with you, Dan. Yeah, thanks. I'm glad. Is no, anyone who's not at the moment? No cardiac arrest this week then, chaps, for, for us with Serge. Bless him. We've had a week off. Well, I tell you what, let's get straight into the weekend's action. Lee, I'm going to start with you. So, back at Wembley, out of your old making his return to a Tottenham team. Kane finally scoring in the month of August. A first Premier League goal for Lucas Moura. A stunning free kick from Kieran Chippier. A Lamella assist. Winks making his return to Spurs. And a 3-1 win. What more can we ask for, Lee? Well, I mean, I think you summed it up perfectly, Rick, to be fair. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing else to say, is it? And good evening, everybody. Uh, no, I think, um, uh, yeah, absolutely delighted. I think what delighted me the most... Um, is the you know the, the whole off the pitch shenanigans, and I'm sure we'll get into some of that um, for, for our listeners as well, and take some questions and so on and so forth. But actually, on the pitch, we look we look pretty good. Let's not get too carried away. It's Newcastle and Fulham, um, and and to be fair, we did concede some some chances to to both teams, as Poch I think highlighted in uh, one of his uh, post uh, uh, press conferences, post match press conferences. However, to see Toby Alderweireld back in the squad, <laughs> back in the team, with that number four shirt on his back, I mean, it's pure love. Guys and girls, talk to me. It's absolutely epic. And I can't, I cannot, I might not want to get too carried away, but I cannot believe that Potts would have stuck him in and started him and kept him on the pitch when Davison Sanchez was substituted if they haven't made up. Kiss and make up, Potts. That's what it's all about. Lee, I've got to ask you, Toby, this is a question from Andrew Griffiths at Andy Griff 1974. He says, based on Toby's performance at the weekend, do you think he's fully committed now? 
It's such a hard one. I mean, mm. maybe Paul might be able to shed, shed a little bit more light on that from a um, from an insider perspective, or you know, from, from in the know. But all, all I can say is this: I mean, to see him back in that shirt was was epic, and that and it wasn't just his defending. I think what we missed that that season that Rose was absolutely outstanding. Everyone talks about him getting back to it. You know, Toby pinging them balls. I mean, I can't I, I can't count how many things five six. Seven, ten. Somebody would tell us. I'm sure, I'm sure. It, they were they were brilliant. He was pinging balls left. He's pinging balls right. Through balls. He, he sets off attacks, don't he? From from where he is. He, mm. he, I, I thought I don't. I'm, he weren't my man of match by all accounts, but he was very very good. I loved it. Yeah, great to see Toby back in the Spurs shirt. And Paul bringing it round to you. Six points out of a possible six from the first two on a weekend where we've seen Man United and Arsenal both drop points. Again, Paul, how important is it just to get that win at the weekend? Just to kind of keep the momentum here. Oh, it's massive, isn't it? Um, especially after it's a tricky start, Newcastle away. I mm. didn't fancy us up there. I've got to be honest. We've had a well, quite a controversial summer. Let's just leave it like that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that squad has come back. Uh, we've got nine at the World Cup, so it was very difficult for Pochettino to have those lads together for any period of time. I think uh, Harry had about five days, didn't he, before um, That's we right, made yeah. the trip. We yeah. made the trip up to Newcastle. So to get a win there it must have been a massive, massive boost. I fancied us at home to Fulham. I think, well, I say at home, our temporary home. <laughs> we haven't got a home, obviously. But anyway, um, I fancied us against Fulham. I think we're we're obviously going to going to dominate a side like that with our possession. The the thing was getting that goal just before the break. I think that that was the that was the key. But then. Having said that, we started the second half very poorly and Poch, who seems a little bit different this season with his mannerisms and the way he's conducting himself and he seems a lot more stronger the way he berated the referee at half-time. You don't really see that from him. That's the first that you you see that real sort of passion come across in, a, in an angry way. Um, and then he changes earlier than normal and... Once we went four at the back, we were a different uh, entity. And we cruised it in the end. Was that the most surprising thing for you, Paul? Because I'm going to bring it on shortly about Pochettino, but seeing him change a game quicker than what he usually does, because as we saw last season, we'd be sitting on the hour mark with a game that maybe we were behind in or we were drawing. You were kind of craving out saying, come on, change the game, change the game. And you always felt it was too late we looked to change a game. Whereas this season, or say this game in particular, we are slowly starting to see that maybe there's a bit of adaptation now. Yeah, he seems a bit more bullish. He seems a bit more um, stronger in his management skills. It seems to me there's a message coming out of the club at the moment, which is either you're with me mm. or you can, uh, you know, up the road sort of thing. Yeah. And I think that he's got to the stage now where he's gone, this is what I've got. You either get on board with it or you can leave. And he's he's sort of, trying to build I think because he's only got uh, a limited number of players that he actually trusts a sort of siege mentality so I think there's a definite change of tact in his actual personal approach and if this is the way he's going to go forward then I think we'll be better for it yeah 100% agree I mean that was the first time that Spurs won both their opening games for a Premier League campaign since 2014-2015 so that in itself tells you something is going right at the moment Dan want to bring it round to you for a team that's meant to be in a crisis off the pitch, with us still unaware where we'll be moving to in our new home, when it's going to be, 
Pochettino seems to be doing his utmost best to try and concentrate on matters on the pitch. And as we said, the second half subs he made, I mean, they made all the difference, didn't they? Oh, they really did, actually. Um, to be honest, I thought, um, not just him changing it at the second half, I thought the first half, by going with the three at the back, I think we sort of caught Fulham a bit cold, really. I think the amount of space uh, Trippier and Davis were getting in that first half was, was ridiculous. I think I felt even felt a bit sorry for Sessegnon, uh, you know, halfway through the first <laughs> half. Uh, in, at the start of the second half, they obviously wised up to what we were doing, changed it, and then it was almost it was nice to see Pochettino then go back and then up him again and then change it again, which completely changed the direction of the game. Um, with Dembele coming on and going to a four at the back. And, and really, apart from that 15 minutes start of the second half, I didn't really think we were in massive danger. I mean, I don't know what you boys think, but I think we created enough chances to get you know five or six goals. And yeah, I, yeah I'm really happy with how it went, to be honest. Just to interact with that, if, if, if you said about you know um, five or six, I think that would be my only massive criticism over the first two games, is you know when you see... And there's always going to be this comparison, so we might as well bring it up. You know, when you see Liverpool um, burying teams, <clears throat> sticking four or five past them, and then you see Man City doing the same thing as well, and Aguero scoring a hat-trick. I mean, Kane was probably a little bit off the pace. I'm sure we'll talk about him piece and piece, but he could have easily had a hat-trick. You know, so, so that, that clinical, exactly, that clinicalness that we need, there's still a little bit missing. I mean, um, Lucas Moore could have had that trick. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. that, that chance out of his head was unreal. Like, how's he even missed that, you know? It gets forgotten because he scores an absolute worldy with his lefty. But the reality is, he probably should have scored, like you say, five or six. Well, he definitely should have done better with that first touch he had in the, in the first half, where he went clean yeah. through, he nicked it, and... Two of the worst touches I've ever seen his first player have. Um, and even with his pace, he still didn't manage to keep up with it. But but yeah, I thought he had a really good game, actually, to be honest, overall. Back to the point there that Paul made, Lee. I mean, Pochettino was rightly criticised last season for some would say not changing games quick enough when you think back at the Juventus game in the Champions League, the second league, and the Man United game in the FA Cup semi-final. As we've discussed, do you think there's an indication on Saturday that Pochettino is, you know, seems to be learning now, seems to be adapting you know, to making substitutions earlier for the benefit of the team. Well, I think I think the the, the key um, word you've used there, Ricky, is learning. You know, the guy's forty six years old. He, he's he's a young manager. He's still learning his trade. He's not he's not done it for 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 years and years at the top level and this that and the other. You know, he's he's come through you know Espanyol and obviously he's done um, Southampton. He's come on to Spurs. So you know, he is learning every year. And and I think you know a lot of us do forget that. I mean, he's he's fantastic and class, and I love I love Potts, right? But he's still learning. And I think he is. I think he's looked at that and he said, where can we improve? What can we do? Where can we? really make a difference in football or in any sport or in business, whatever it is. It's not massive changes that you need. It's 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 marginal gains, you know, it's percentages, small half a percent there or one percent there or two percent there. You know, it, the, the the fine margins at the top of the game between us scoring five and six or losing or, or drawing one-one, for example, it's, we, we've all seen it. So, you know, for, for me, he is learning and he is starting to get a bit more bullish can we can we say that like a little bit more Definitely, kind of yeah. maybe confident with, with his own with his own um decisions you know so he's not having to justify i think that's where he got fed up um the, uh, on the press conference about just keep having to justify who's been left in the team and who's been left out of the team the guy can't win can he we don't sign anyone and then all of a sudden we have to leave players out because of our squad you know because we've got a great 11 it's like it doesn't make sense Paul, let me bring it back round to you. Um, just about the formation, because the game, many will say, was surely one with Pochettino realising that we seem to be overrun with a five <clears> at the back. <throat> then we saw Dembele, I mean, enter the fray on the arrow mark, change us back to a, a back four. 
which went on to see us yeah. comfortably win the game. I mean, it's great to see Pochettino again with the formation, being able to tinker it to our advantage. Well, it's a couple of things. You've got to talk about Mora. If Sun was available, he wouldn't have played, would he? That's a yeah, fair point, possibly. Yeah. So, so, so you, you know, it's all about sometimes these things happen and it sort of works in your favour. Um, I think, I don't know, what does he do at Old Trafford now? Because well, yeah. does he go to three at the back or does he finish uh, at Wembley? I said to my mate that I was watching, because I was away with, with another family, so I said to my mate, who's also got season ticket with me, I think that's it now. For, I think Davison Sanchez might not start the next game. That, that's what mm-hmm. I said, so I'm only calling what I said at the time. And I think if he goes back to a back four, it, it'll be Toby and Vertonghen that he starts. Uh, do you know what? I think he will stick with the three at the back. I think. I think he. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I must be the only one. I know going back to four at the back really did help us and change the game the other day. But I think overall, in the you know last three years, I think we've played our best football with wing backs um, that are suited to play that system. I mean, it probably depends if Rose is playing. Because I think Rose is a better wing back than yeah. Davis is a wing back, and Davis is probably a better left back than Rose is a left back, and vice versa. But I, I don't know. I, I think he might stick with a three. Hmm. I have to wait and see. I mean, Paul, he can't even be called a liar, can he, Pochettino? And he stuck by his word that all the players start from zero. Like he said in his pre-match press conference, we saw Alderweireld and Rose return to that squad. Obviously, Toby actually start the game. Does it also say a lot about the man he is, that there seems to be a willingness on his part to forgive, where we've seen in the past he's been so stubborn, Paul. You remember the likes of Stan Bouley, Bentaleb, mm-hmm. Andros Townsend, you know, you keep you can name them off, Adebayor, that once you cross him, there's not normally a way back. Yeah, or maybe he's just being a bit cuter. He knows that Toby um, is going to be here for the duration of the season, so he can bite his lip, get the best out of him, and use him to his advantage. And then if he wants to, which I believe they will do, um, they can uh, get rid of him in the summer. I'm not saying that's the right decision by any mm. stretch of the imagination. But I think he may have learnt from being a bit too stubborn and a bit too not cute enough with players that you mentioned by binning them and totally ostracising them, that that doesn't necessarily always work to your advantage. And uh, you know what they say about enemies and friends. I think maybe I think maybe he's just getting a bit cuter because mm. um, I think that there's no doubt if listen if someone had come in and said here's fifty five million pound for Toby Ordfield. He would have left this this win this window. So let's not try and say that uh, he stayed for the benefit of the side. He stayed because no one would pay the price. Gavin at Gavin Spurs asked the question, Paul. Do you think there's any chance at all that Toby and the club could come to an agreement on a new contract? Uh, my own personal opinion is no, but right. that doesn't mean to say that that won't be the case. But mm. I think there would have to be a lot of manoeuvring from the Toby camp uh, with the demands and Levy doesn't have to offer him anything at the end of the day he's contracted for two more years current salary which I believe around 55 60,000 pound a week or whatever um, Levy can get a fee for a 30 year old defender in a year's time of 25 million pound if he were to up his wages now for a year by 100,000 pound a week that's going to equate to him paying out another Ridiculous amount was it ten million pound or something? I don't know what that works out. So you have five five million pound over two years would be ten million pounds on his contract. Or does he keep him for on his current salary and take the twenty five million in the summer? Mm. And then give those 
better to invest. Yeah. But I, I, I can't see. I think Toby and his camp wanted assurances that he would definitely play, and I don't think Tottenham are prepared to offer that. And if if he's not going to be given assurances with regards to, to his playing time and his um, minutes on the pitch, then I don't think he himself would be prepared to commit. But I could be totally wrong, and I hope so, because for the benefit of the side, if you take away the politics, Toby Aldegaard is one of the best centre-backs in the world. Mm. Yeah. So all we, sh- all we as fans should worry about, really, is our best 11 players getting out on a pitch on a Saturday or Tuesday, Wednesday night for Champions League, whenever it may be. So we shouldn't really concern ourselves too much with the finances. But the modern game, we look at everything <laughs> now, don't we? We, we analyse do. every single quote, every single little bit of information that creaks out of the club and the social media just magnifies that a hundredfold. I just wondered with the whole Toby situation, Jason's probably muted this point. Oh, uh, Jason's <laughs> gone. Jason's gone off already. Jason's He's had enough. <laughs> the Toby situation and whether or not, now that he stayed, it's almost an indication to him and the agent and whatever is that actually all these clubs around the world, they don't want to buy it. And, mm. and actually, you might not actually be worth your 180 mm. grand a week that you've, you know, reportedly that, demanded. Sorry. Do you see what I mean? So, that was exactly his problem this summer, was that his camp believed that they could demand £180,000, £200,000 a week and um, that someone would pound. Now, when you work out that, if you're going to give someone, a 29-year-old, a five-year contract at two hundred k a week, that's for four years, that's wages of £40 million plus. If you then yeah. add... The 55 million feet. All of a sudden, you're asking Man United's CEO Ed Woodward to sign off a 100 million pound transfer for a player that's injured. For a player that's yep, that's faced injury problems in the last 12 months and is nearing his 30th birthday. Now that's not the road that United want to go down at the moment. No, and actually, when you look at it now, is there? A and most of the big clubs now, most of the big clubs now are trying to follow. The city model, not in the sense of the amount of money they spend, because that's just ridiculous. You can't compete with that. But with the profile of player, you don't see Pep buying 30-year-old defenders. No, I agree. And, you know, so I still, you know, I'm still optimistic on this anyway. You know, all the listeners will know that I, I love to be optimistic. And I'm just looking at it and I'm going, actually, it's the best deal on the table. Sorry, it's the best deal for Toby already on the table. Now, we're talking about Man United and we're talking about this. and what. Why would you want to go to Man United right now? Let's be brutally honest about it. Let's mm. talk about that. Yeah. Why would money. you go there? Like, it's money. Yeah, it's exactly. purely money. Yeah, it's purely money. You can't go there for the money because the money weren't there because no one wanted to pay him. So <laughs> well, that, that was the problem. He, over, he overplayed his hand. Tottenham, <laughs> Tottenham had, uh, from, what I, from what I understand, Tottenham had prepared a contract for him £140,000 a week, including his bonuses, which were pretty much assured. They'd offered him this deal. The indication his camp had given Tottenham was that he would sign this deal. And then, from what I understand, uh, Virgil van Dijk moved moved to uh, Liverpool. His camp said, we'd like time to reflect on this now. And they come back and said, it's not enough. So, you can imagine, noses were out of joint severely Mm, in in the Tottenham boardroom. And Pochettino was um, apparently less than impressed. And that's where all, all the troubles sort of stem from and it's ironic now that I bet Toby wishes he just signed that yeah. six months ago or whenever it was nine months ago 
after you being really optimistic, Lee, I'm going to be really pessimistic. Does oh. anyone... <laughs> Go on, Dad. <laughs> does anyone worry? Does anyone worry you who might pick him up next year for 25 million quid? Well, that's a fair point because we don't have a say in it, do we? Well, Levy tried to sell him to PSG, but they they they, they couldn't do the, the numbers. The numbers didn't work. Are we are we worried that Chelsea can come and bid 25 million for him next year, or even even worse, those other? Oh, don't say mention no, him no. down the road, Dan. You know what I mean, I don't mention him down the road. God, I don't want to think about it. He he will go where the money is. Yeah, well, there you go. The nature of the modern footballer is he'll go wherever pays the most money. Mm. And that's, that's just that's modern football, unfortunately. Let me go over to you, Dan. So let's bring it back to the team who's of the game going into it. So Alderweireld did make his first Premier League start of the season and returned to the Spurs starting eleven as we went with our back three alongside the Tongan and Sanchez. Trippier also made his return from his heroics at the World Cup. As Pochettino, you would arguably named his strongest possible team with Rose also returning to the bench. Dan, when you saw the team, was you surprised by how strong Spurs went? Was that roughly what you was expecting? Uh, no, I was expecting that. I was expecting Dembele to play uh, as well, to be honest. But I think he's maybe easing him back in, which is probably a good idea. Um, I mean, yeah, I think there's an argument with Davies and Rose and... Jason, we'll get into that with you tomorrow. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much is our best team. I think I'd, I'd like to suggest that probably people would most most Spurs fans would probably agree with me. Maybe maybe Son and Mora, you could swap or mm. something like that, yep. change something around. But but yeah, that was as strong as I expected. And and yeah, and I, I think I think they played like they were our strongest team as well. Yeah. Also returns for Harry Winks and Eric Lamella. No match day plays for Fernando Loriente. Lee. You must be delighted to see Harry Winks returning into the Spurs squad and also, you know, Eric Lamella proving a difference again for Spurs when he comes on. Well, I think, again, I think this is it's sometimes quite laughable, isn't it, guys? Um, because we, we sit here and we didn't sign anyone and Twitter is an utter meltdown and an absolute disgrace and Levy out and blah, this is an utter nightmare. And the bench that we had, the people, the players that come on from the bench, they totally changed the game. Mm. I thought Dembele was excellent. I thought Lamella was outstanding when he come off. Uh, you know, very, very direct when he come off the bench. Very, very pleasing to see Harry Winks uh, get a run out. Some of the games that he played last year, yeah, look, we know he's not the finished article. He ran the game against Real Madrid, everybody. Remember that? Who was there? We, we, we won 3-1, remember? And he ran the game that day. And so, so, for, so for me, I just, I just look at it and I think, when and I said this, I said this on the uh, on the pod a couple of weeks back, Rick. Mm. Now, when Pot said we need to be brave and we need to stay with with our philosophy and be brave, he didn't mean go out and spend 150 million on a player. He didn't. I don't. I you reckon? Don't, you still meant, don't reckon? I don't. No, no. Listen, he, he meant. He meant. We've got. A, if we can find players that are going to improve us, mm. then we're buy. And if we can't, which we obviously didn't, then we won't buy. We're not going to buy for the sake of it. Mm. And I was very, yeah. very uh, pleased. I was very buoyed. The fact you got Winks, Lamella, coming for bench, Dembele coming for bench, Wanyama still to come back in that side. That's the point. You know, yeah. Yes, you got Son that's going to come back, who scored in the Asian Games. I think got the winner, didn't he, earlier today? He did, yeah, um, that's right. You know, he did. You've got... Paul already mentioned it earlier. We've got nine players that were in the, uh, past the semi-final of the World Cup stage. They only had a pre-season. We've had we've had absolute shocking starts under Pochettino since 2014-15, as you said earlier. And this year we've started off with two wins out of two. We now go to Old Trafford. He's under pressure. If we if we take a point away from there, that's seven points. If we go and win it, I mean, God, I'm have to control ourselves guy. here. Have to control ourselves. 
<laughs> Paul, I want to get your thoughts there on what Lee said there. I've got to get your thoughts, Paul, what Lee said there about the being brave comments. As we've got you on, Paul, tonight, oh, back, what do they back, mean, back Paul? On, uh, well, back on earth, we played a team that nearly <laughs> got relegated earth. last season and we played a newly promoted side. So it's, it's a little bit of context is required. Mm. Uh, the Newcastle win impressed me the most, I've got to be honest, because like I say, we had players that have come back and this thing about the club are very proud, and Donna's put it in her emails, about um, <laughs> the club have had nine internationals, the most of any uh, club at the World Cup, which is all well and good, but it means you've had nine internationals that are coming back very late and later than anyone else, and they've had no pre-season. And my concern is when the pitches get uh, muddy in uh, December, January, February, you know, especially if we, don't, if we choose not to go into the market again in January. Mm. My concern is that the reversal this year is that the end of the season may be our issue. Right. I think at the moment there there's certain players on the crest of a wave. Um and they've come back boys. It's 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 just I do worry when you look at the our mate we got our main competitors now, I think you can eliminate Arsenal. I want him to begin uh, with, were they Paul? We're not considering well, them, are we? <laughs> I think you would have done for a top for the top four race. I think there's only well, City obviously we don't you know count them. They're over the hill and far away. But if you look at Liverpool, no, no, hang on, hang on. They were, they were last season. Hang on, hang on. They were last season. They're not this season. They've, they've scored the same amount of points as what we've got. So you, you they can't. Have. You can't City they aren't have. over way the hill yet. They're, they're, they're I, I, the same amount of points as us. In, in terms of squad depth, it's something we can't compete with, isn't it? Well, yeah, but they're not over the hill yet. You know, they're, they're not over the hill and far away yet. Lee's optimistic here, Paul. Lee's the optimist. Lee's the optimist. You're not going to convince him, not at the moment. Well, we'll bring them down to a top four battle. <laughs> if we go, if we go, man, see, we got, we got. So what, what, why don't we? Why don't we tell Liverpool that they're they're so good that they're all going to win the league like we all did with Man City, and then everyone starts to believe it. Oh, guess what? They're going to do it. Do you know they'll what I mean? Tell let's, they'll let's, tell let's, us that themselves, themselves, Lee. Yeah, we, yeah, I'd say we that. don't need we need to tell them. They'll tell us that that, that um, they're, they're good enough themselves, mate. Don't worry about that. If you've ever had a Twitter spat with a Liverpool fan, oh god, my my god, it's uh, it goes on for days, weeks, months. <laughs> they're still not over that two-two of last year. To be honest with you, Paul, they haven't got over that one. So no, they really haven't. Oh dear, Dan. Let me ask you. I mean, early stages of that game, Harry Kane was for me was hacked down in the box very very early on. Was you not absolutely staggered that wasn't a penalty early on? Do you know what? When I first saw it, I went, that's got to be a penalty. But I look looking back at it again, I'm so, I don't actually know. I don't know whether he kicked someone's foot. To be honest, I'm not really sure. I mean, obviously, while you're watching it, you're screaming at the ref, calling yeah. him all sorts of things. But, I mean, looking back, I, I kind of maybe think, mm, do you know what? Fair enough. I, I don't, I'm don't. i not staggered, put it that way, as, as you mentioned it. Well, what do you think? Do you, you, you think it was a pen? I keep looking at it. For me, I still think it could have been a pen. I don't know about you, Lee. What do you reckon? Oh, yeah, it could have been. Uh, I, I, I'm a little bit on a fence with that one, to be fair. I think if VAR was in, we might have been waiting about six or seven minutes for it. Oh, so, you imagine. Oh, lucky it but what about Leo? I've got to bring you, bring you in and ask you, Leo, about that vital intervention from Hugo Lloris at 0-0. He rushed off his line to deny Ryan Sessegnon. You know, a, a clear chance at goal. And it's funny, Lee, when you think about it, towards the end of last season, there was actually clamours to say that we may need to replace Lloris. But, you know, World Cup in the bag. He looks like he's come back a different player, doesn't he? He does, he does, he's, a, he's a good look. I mean, he's a World Cup winner. It's, mm. You know, enough to draw a line under happy days. And he's and he's the best keeper we've uh, we've had since I think since since Pat Jennings. But but what what I would what I would tell on the whole Luis piece 
is you know you got you got Chelsea spending seventy odd million. You've got um, uh, Allison coming in at Liverpool, sixty-seven million, whatever. Pep obviously with the goalkeeper that's uh, uh, you know uh, pushing Edison is pushing out from the back. That is his one downfall, and even in that game against Fulham, his distribution isn't brilliant. And you know, so if you're going to be a little bit critical of Luis, but look, I, I love the guy. I think he's he's, uh, he's fantastic, and uh, uh, you know, he made some fantastic saves against Newcastle. Uh, and he made some good saves as well against uh, against Fulham. The way he comes off his line is is so quick. He did exactly yeah. the same thing against um, Newcastle. He sort mm. of he sort of like tricked him into thinking they got loads of time, and then just a quick sprint out and, and just smothered the ball. I mean, he's that, that's what he's the best at, in, in my opinion. Apart from Man City at Wembley last uh, <laughs> last season, we won't we won't talk about yeah, that. not that one. Yeah, we're yeah, we're decapitated geezer. Forgot about. <laughs> But Paul, that, yeah. do you not <laughs> yeah, think with, with Lloris, one of these most important things for me that I love is, you know, he can be at a game like you know, Saturday where he wasn't really involved as much and then suddenly he's called into action and his concentration seems to be on point, doesn't it? Well, they say that goalkeepers have to be slightly mad, don't they, anyway? And <laughs> he, has, he, he has these moments where you think, what are you doing? Mm. And I've just learned to accept it now. I used to get really wound up by his kicking and everything. And you have to accept that if... If after 10 or 15 years of him being a professional, he still can't kick after working with God knows how many, you know, excellent coaches over the years, me ranting on Twitter ain't going to get it any better. Do you know what I mean? No, that's so, true. So no, I agree. <laughs> he can't kick. We have to accept that. He makes up for it in other areas. He's the best keeper we're going to get. Mm. It, it's probably awesome. the best keeper we've, we've well, certainly in our generation, mm. that we've seen live anyway. Um so it is what it is. He's a, he's, he's a a top keeper. Is he a top 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 class keeper? No, but he's good enough for Tottenham. Mm, most certainly. I mean, I think the argument I've always said with him, Paul, if he was perfect, would he be at Tottenham? That's always my big well, bugbear. This, yeah, the flip side is, if he was that good, he would have been at Real Madrid four or five years ago, mm. and so it's that would have been to our detriment. So. You know, it's as short as it's long, if you like. We love him, though. We do love him. Let's talk about Lucas Moura, because this guy on the brink of half-time with a, with a wonderful, wonderful finish. I mean, Paul, let's stick with you. What do you think of Moura's performance overall? Because he had a cracking pre-season. You'd probably argue now is where you're going to see the best of him. He's had that full benefit of, like we said, that period to work with Poch in the pre-season. And he's hit the ground running this season, to be fair, Paul. Yeah, I find it hard to judge him. I don't know why. There's just a nagging doubt in my mind. That still, still, Paul. He wasn't. That he wasn't. He wasn't uh, a Pochettino uh, pick. But that doesn't really matter because there was a, a point where Pochettino would have let Sun go and mm. Levy blocked it. So you know you can get things wrong, can't you, in the first yep. three six months judging a player? So I'm going to stay on the fence with him because I'm still not. I'm not sure. Really? I'm really not sure. Okay. Yeah. Well, Dan, let's see what side of the fence you're on because he's averaging a goal or assist every 102.5 minutes in all competitions for Spurs. Two goals and four assists. He's had a hand in all six goals in his seven starts so far. What side of the fence are you on, Dan? Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to annoy you because I'm not on any side of the fence. I'm completely with Paul. <laughs> oh, really? I, I was expecting I, so I, much clamour for him. I can't believe this. Really? <laughs> you know what? What's going you know, on he's got the potential. He's got the potential to be as good as... Well, maybe not as good as anything I've ever seen in Tottenham, but as right. good as, you know, right up there, right up there. But at the same time, you sort of think there's a chance he could just completely be really ineffective and be, uh, you know, 
Girona by next Do you know what? I'm by scared next of that. I, I think mean. you've been scolded by the likes of NG and Nkudu that you're terrified <laughs> now to have any hope in a winger. Is that what it is? <laughs> if you could be honest. No, maybe. Maybe, maybe. I mean, to be fair, they're not doing too bad for themselves. The old NG. We're smashing it up in Marseille. We should buy That's, him back. Oh, don't. God, it's taking hours to get rid of him. <laughs> no, but I, no, I think he's. I think he's a good player. Like I say, the potential is really is there. I mean, I'm just yeah. I'm just not totally sure about him to be honest. But okay. yeah. Lee, I've got to bring you in. Spurs Uruguay says, will Luke, Lucas Moura excel for us this season? Cal Hutchins says, how important do you think Lucas will be? Lee, are you a fan of this guy? I'm really sorry, Rick. You're joking. Not all three of no, you. No, no, You're I'm, kidding I'm me. I absolutely agree with Paul and Dan. I, I have to be honest. It's, I don't know what it is. Right? I can't put my finger on it. Right. Maybe, maybe uh, you know, the little listeners wouldn't put it in, but I, I just... There's something not right there. Yeah. Tell you what it is, right? He drifts in and out of games for me. So mm. he might have a spell of, say, 10 minutes and he looks world-class and then for 45, 50 minutes he goes missing. And he could be a good player at home or at temporary home, uh, inverted commas, <laughs> but actually away from home, I don't think he's going to come up with the goods. I, think, I, I don't know. I just There's something not right. I, he wasn't great against Newcastle and he had two or three brilliant chances against Fulham. Yes, he took one. It was a fantastic goal. Um, but I just, I, I'm not sure that he's going to be your man that you go to to get you out of a hole. And we're, we're, and when Sonny comes back, mm-hmm. you know, pound for pound, Sonny gets in over me so far. But like like Paul said, it's so early to judge him. So I don't want to be too harsh. But that's kind of I, my 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 old bum crackers are uh, hurting. So I'm sitting on the. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe I've got to rein it in, then, lads. Maybe I'm getting carried away. Here. I think um, I think that him and Dembele. This might be a bit controversial. Should be our super subs. Well, I think Dembele with his injuries mm. needs to be managed. I can't see why Dembele can't have his ma- his minutes managed and do what we did on Saturday. Otherwise, what happened? This guy cannot play four competitions and thirty eight league games. It's just as simple as that. So I I, I wouldn't be shocked if if we slowly um, sort of eased him out of being uh, the regular first choice. I know that might be a bit controversial. But I think it makes sense because, you know, you've got Winks coming back in and it's easing mm-hmm. Winks back into that role. I mean, that is the role that Winks will play. He's been given a number eight shirt as well. That's basically yeah. where he's going to play. Um, and, and it kind of makes sense to do that. You know, if you can get... I mean, then, then run of games that um, uh, that Dembele had last season against, you know, the, the, the big boys. I mean, he was outstanding, wasn't he, against the mm-hmm. Juventus 2-2 and then the, uh, the Man United game, the Arsenal game, wherever he was very, very good. But then seldom can he do that four, five, six, ten, twelve games on the trot. And like you say, 38, 48, 52 games, no chance. Yeah, I think it's just so, asking too much of him now, isn't it? He's had, he's had so many troublesome injuries that he can't shake off. And I think um, this will be his last year at Tottenham. So I think that it, his natural successor, Winksy, needs to be integrated and Dembele needs to sort of take a little bit of a backward step. Mm. Well, that's the good thing about Winks being back is that, is that we can kind of integrate that. But mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, the problem was is, is when, when Winks wasn't fit, you, you know who comes in when Dembele doesn't and it's either Sissoko or someone else. And, and that's, that's the most important thing about Harry Winks. I think that transition is exactly right. Let me ask you, yeah. Dan, sticking with you, Steve Lewis at Lou Marcher says, what are we going to do if Dembele does leave before the overseas window closes? We can't last the whole season without him. Midfield average, poor without him. Is that fair, do you think, Dan, on reflection? Um, I think that's maybe a bit harsh, but I can see where he's coming from. I, I said I said before a couple of weeks ago, I think 
that Dembele is, is one of the players in the in the team. I'm kind of contradicting myself now, but we don't really have a complete direct replacement for that, that does exactly what he does. I mean, Winks is close. Winks could be amazing, but he's not that direct replica at the moment. Um, so to be honest, I think unless we've got someone coming in, which obviously we don't because <laughs> the window's closed, I think we keep him, take the hit, uh, the financial hit, and let him go for free. And, you know, really actually bringing someone in next summer or promoting Winks up the order and getting him ready for then um, to, to be his, you know, his, the prince to his throne sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, it's ironic we said about Dembele for me. When he came on the field, I mean, for me, for a second week running, he took control of the game by the scruff of the neck. And it's quite conceivably, you know, frightening that we even considered, Paul, allowing this guy to depart in the summer when you think about it. I mean, I agree with you. He's got to play, even if it's a bit part role, having him off the bench, you've got to keep him. Yeah, but it's, uh, again, it's that it's it, going back to the politics, isn't it? You, you can't say, oh, it's imperative we keep him if the guy wants to go because he's going to be offered mega bucks in China or whatever. Yeah. So it, as much as you might want to keep him, if he's saying to you, look, I want X amount of pounds for X amount of years and the maths don't add up, then... You know, also, don't forget, Tottenham know, know full well the guy's injury uh, history. So they know what he's capable of and what they can get out of him. They've got all these very clever uh, departments at Tottenham now that can work out um, the statistics and the odds on this and everything else. So I, they probably couldn't justify the numbers involved. That's the problem. Mm. Question here, Paul, I want to ask you. Z-Man says, fair or unfair to say that Dyer looks great when paired with Dembele in the middle, but sometimes struggles by himself. We haven't had a chance to talk about Eric Dyer in the last, well, the first couple of games. Where are you with Eric Dyer, Paul? Because he still seems to divide opinion on Spurs Twitter and Spurs fans in general. No, I, 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 like, I like Eric Dyer. I think he's a great player. Um, I think that the only thing with him is that he can't sort of decide where... Well, there's a sort of towing and throwing between where he thinks he should be playing and where the manager thinks he should be playing and what role he should be playing. He sees himself a bit more further advanced in midfield than uh, the managers do. Um, and that's the problem. So we end up sort of shoehorning him into position sometimes, which doesn't help because then he gets slated for having a or what's perceived as a poor game. That's a problem, isn't it? That's the only thing about Dyer. I mean, I've always loved him. I don't know about you, Dan. Where are you, Eric Dyer? Because I, I, I say it again, he does seem to really, really polarise opinion amongst Spurs fans. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't see how anyone would would not be a fan of him. To be honest, I mm. mean, I'm not saying he's our best player, but no. he's, he plays a really important role within our team. Um, I think he's a little bit underrated. I think he's, he's quite tough for some of some of the players, like. Uh, maybe Dembele or Dyer, who don't score loads of goals, get loads of assists. But I think if you've got to appreciate the role they play in the team. Without those two, I mean, Ali and Kane wouldn't be wouldn't be scoring as, half as many goals as they are, and, and our defence wouldn't be you know having such such a good defensive record as, as they do. So, you know. But if you ask a poll of all the Tottenham fans. What's his best position? You'll get about four different answers. That's the thing, isn't it? Yeah. That's maybe. Yeah, maybe that's yeah. true. I mean, what yeah. do you think it is? I, I mean, surely it's uh, surely it's centre mid. Isn't it? oh, I prefer him in midfield. Yeah, to def- defence. Yeah, so do I. Yeah, definitely. I just yeah. don't yeah. think he ever looks comfortable there. I mean, Lee, let me bring you in. Questioning from Mark Butcher. Just back to Dembele for a second. He said, "Do you think it's important to keep the likes of Dembele for one more season? Because in two games, you saw the impact he can make for Tottenham, and you know the time to try and find a replacement. We saw, from his perspective." Having a Sissoko in there, it just wouldn't be good enough. 
Yeah, no, I do, uh, you are, Mark. Yeah, I think so. I think um, I, I think we've, we've covered that in terms of I think Port and on the edge. Let's let's kind of not phase him out because that sounds horrible. But mm. you know, use him use him more wisely coming off a bench and using him in different Carabao areas Cup. and you get yeah, not so much a cowboy club. Look, the guy is still brilliant in my opinion he's still brilliant but what he can't do you can't turn around and go first name on your team sheet because of his injuries oh, I meant to Soko I mean, you'll be honest about <clears throat> Carabao Cup not Dembele I'd still have him coming off oh, the right. yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I was, I was Soko he weren't even on my radar <laughs> um, yeah, no, just, poor so, Soko like, getting a baron with Dembele I thought he was talking about when Dembele so with, with Dembele you know I think it's, it's that it's that kind of would he be your first name in your team sheet kind of Two, three years ago, or, or if he was completely injury free, yeah, like hundred percent, like he's awesome. Mm. But it is that injury piece, and you know the numbers not adding up, that contract and stuff. As a player, one hundred percent, we need to keep him. You know, to 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 stay into the team and and, and integrate the whole Harry Winks piece, and you know, and like, like I said, or like Paul said, phase him out a little bit. So yeah, I, I think we should definitely keep him up. Yeah, I think what might be a concern. Um... For the club, as if uh, an offer comes in from China in January, right? Uh, I presume that they their window opens again. Then, so if if he can earn mega bucks mm. with a January move, then that could be a that could be a concern, and that might force us into the market then, and then we may have to pay the money for Grealish. Mm. Well, the, the thing is, you, you think if 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 he's still with us in, in January, which I presume he will be, unless he goes next day or so, but well, it's 10 days. Oh, yeah, but, he won't go this week. Yeah, though. exactly. No, there's, so there's no chance. So if, he, if he's there in January, it would actually make, and he wants that big financial contract, it would make sense for him to stay until May and then, you know, recoup a lot of that transfer fee into his wages. So, I mean, that is a possibility, but I, I don't think I can see that happening. But he can talk to them, can't he? Yeah, he can talk to them, yeah. But he, I he, think he can, he can arrange his, his move. Yeah, absolutely. And going a free in in the in the summer, is that right? I was just going to quickly check how long he's got left on. His I think contract. he's got a year left. I think it's his last year, year now. So yeah, he's in that last he'll be year off now. Free next year. Mm. Interesting, so, I mean, yeah. Dembele. One great player, Dad, isn't he? Still for us. Oh yeah, he's brilliant. Yeah, mm. yeah. I, I, I think in a way he's my favourite Spurs player at the moment. I think watching him play football is is sort of the reason why you enjoy football. I think when he's on form. I mean, there's a few players that I've enjoyed like Ginola and Modric over the years, but Moria. he's you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I had to chuck him in now. Yeah, have a word. Yeah, no. So, um, yeah, but he he's seriously, I know some people look at me, some people really don't like him, and some people look at me like, what, what are you talking about? But he's up there in, in you know, my top five, six, seven Spurs players to watch with a football at his feet, to be honest. Just a shame he didn't have more goals done, wasn't it, Dembele? That's the only uh, insane missing for him. If he just had goals to his game, I mean, he'd be, don't get me wrong, he's, he's adored by Spurs fans, but I think it'd be another level if he had the goals to his game. Uh, yeah, you're right. I think you're right, but I think. He's the sort of assist of the assist, if that makes sense. I think, uh, I think you know the amount of space that he creates for other players. I think you know he is getting a lot of assists. It's just yeah, his shooting is not the best. Yeah, guys, we haven't even talked about Trippier or Kane yet, or Man United. We've got so much to cover. Just want to get everyone's thoughts just on the equaliser. Well, let me come round to you, Lee. What did you make of it? Because um, I mean, for me, we should have defended that a lot better, shouldn't we? That equaliser. Do you know what it is, Rick? I don't know if uh, Paul and Dan you agree uh, as well, but. Sometimes with Spurs, maybe it's just because it's our club, right? And, we're, and we obviously support them, so you feel like it. But they go through periods in the game where we are just waiting for the opposition to score. Mm. Right? And that's that exactly what happened in a second. Yeah, that's just what I mean. Maybe other clubs think it, but we just don't know. because we. It's the 10-minute wobble. It's the 10-minute wobble, isn't it? No, yeah, the 10-minute wobble. Do not, 
do not concede in the first 10, 15 minutes of the second half. Right? Don't do it. It's just, and guess what? We do it. So it used to be from about 75 minutes to 90 was the 15-minute wobbles. Not right at the end of the game. Yeah, it's just, it's just, it's almost like we waited for them to score so that we could wake up a bit. Do you know what I mean? And then go again. So, you know, we, they had the post, right? They had the ball for basically from the start of the second half, didn't they? They, he goes and it's the post. And you think, oh, hello, is the, the Saints going on it? And then they go and score. And you just think, oh, it's just so frustrating that you could see it was going to happen, but no one was on the pitch to prevent that happening. Just, I don't know if that's a bit harsh, but that's what it seems like a little bit where, you know, maybe, can I say, lacking leadership in that way. You know, Possibly. we could all see it as fans, yeah. it's going to happen. So, so you know, we've got, to, we've got to get that out of the game because, you know, if that's a like a bit uh, you know all due respect to Fulham but if that was a bigger team a top six team you might not get back into that game did that not happen in the semi-final FA Cup against Manchester United so I mean we was one luck we let them back into the game and then all of a sudden we lost the game management we lose 2-1 so we've got to get out of that game it's very frustrating that we we let them back in in that that way because it, for, for, apart from that 10-15 minute wobble we controlled the game from start to finish do you see what I mean and it's that, just mm. them little yep. silly wobbly mistakes yeah I mean Paul let me bring it round to you was you surprised personally to see Sanchez being the man to make way for Dembele as opposed to Alderweireld because I mean a lot of people I would imagine would have thought if we're going to bring off one of the centre-backs obviously you would have kept Jan on there but many would have probably thought Toby would be the one departing was that maybe a case of where it just shows us still Pochettino he's still got trust and faith in Alderweireld well, you know, like I said earlier, where things can work in your favour, can you imagine the, the press if he'd have pulled Ferdinand oh, off? And a field day, Paul, so, but a field day. Yeah, I think he's just got, I think he's just got wise. Pochettino has got wise. He's, he's, he's getting a bit cuter. And there was no way he could hook Toby on, on Saturday. That would have gone down like a leg balloon. <laughs> so I just think he's got cuter. Going back to Lee's point about that 10-minute, 15-minute period of the second half, Fulham changed their tactics. Mm-hmm. And it took us quarter of an hour to realise. And then by then they'd equalised. So I don't think it was... Juve. It was, it was, <laughs> yeah. Same thing as Juve, isn't it? Like, that's what I mean when we get punished. Interrupt, but that's when we get punished. It, like you say, 10, 15 minutes to realise yeah. against Fulham and they'd equalised with respect to Fulham. If that takes yeah. us 10, 15 minutes to realise against Man City, like you said earlier, mm. although I don't think they're over the hill, boys. <laughs> but ultimately, <laughs> they, could be, they could be out of sight in that game if it takes you 10, 15 minutes to realise that they've changed. Do you see what I mean? They could have scored. Yeah, I just I just think the formation change caught out our full-back. Particularly the, the, the goal came from um, Kieran's side and the centre-half switched off and it was just a catalogue of errors. And that first 10, 15 minutes... The Tottenham were trying to get their heads around the new the new formation, and then once you took the piece out of the jigsaw, which was Sanchez, which was causing the, the problem, through no fault of his own, it was just purely a tactical thing. Where mm. they they shifted, so you needed to to move a piece like on a chessboard, if you like, yeah, yeah and yeah. you needed you needed to move Dembele into the centre to get the midfield control back. And once we'd done that, obviously, and we adjusted to them adjusting, we were we were fine back on track. I'm actually going to stick up for Pochettino a bit here because I think I think Dembele was about to try to come on for about six or seven minutes and the ball didn't go out of play. <laughs> really? That might not have been that really? long but it, it felt like a long time so I think he did see it earlier than sort of maybe it actually happened to be fair to him. So he's definitely learning then Danny. Definitely getting well, cute. There you, go, there you go. Yeah. I definitely think he's got he's definitely he's a bit got away. a bit wiser <laughs> and a bit cuter. There you go, a bit cute, a bit wiser. And one guy who is still learning, and he's definitely getting cuter and wiser, is Kieran Trippier on those set pieces. I mean, Dan, coming over to you, he's told Ericsson to back away now after these free kick duties, and he fired that one past Fabry. We loved that, didn't we? 
and I was thinking, oh, he's he's coming, he's coming, he's so good, Ericsson. His one's coming, but now I'm like, yeah, go away, Christian. Like, <laughs> get old. What's his, what, what's everyone call him? The the Barry Beckham. The Barry Beckham. Barry Beckham. Yeah, the Barry Beckham. Yeah, bless him. From Vass, Vass, I think Vasconi uh, named him that, didn't he? He said, someone said that. I don't know how true that is. We'll let I'll give it the credit. We'll yeah, well the credit. Our Still friend yours. over at Oxborough America. I mean, let me come round to you, Paul. It was Shades of Moscow, wasn't it, with Trippier? I mean, Ericsson may have to wait a while now, will he, for these free kicks, Paul? Yeah, it's it's bizarre, isn't it? Because I saw someone else make a point on Twitter that how come it took three years for Pochettino to realise this? <laughs> and, and it caused all sorts of uh, yeah, mayhem for that poor guy. Yeah. And... Uh, <laughs> But it does make you wonder, doesn't it? Do you know what that is for me? And this is why I love sports so much. I love football. You know, I love the fact that, you know, young players and bringing them on their development and so on and so forth. That is confidence. Mm. But that guy stepped Mm. up in a World Cup semi-final in Russia against Croatia. He's put the ball down three minutes into the game, stuck in the back of the net from a dead ball. If he can't come back and be full of confidence to go, Oi, Christian, this is mine, and then stick it in again. I mean, it's confidence. It's just sky high at the moment and I just think it's fantastic you know that he's now we have now got a genuine another option for free kick to, uh, 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 situations and you you mark my words I'm going to stick this out there now you mark my word in the next four or five games when another free kick comes up Ericsson will score I guarantee it because he's now got competition for his free kick taking <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, I'm sticking it on there. Stick it on there, guys and girls. Stick, Stick it on. a tenner on. <laughs> from Lee himself. Lee, got a question here from Peli Ali at Jared Ilias. Always throws in funny questions. He says, does Kafu have posters of Kieran Trippier in his bedroom asking for a friend? I'm taken aback by that. I know. Uh, Fantastic. Yeah, no, Little question I think, there. Uh, I, think, I think you can go for that all day long. And then, just after Trippier does that, Harry Kane officially breaks the August jinx as he finds the bottom corner. <laughs> Lee, could you believe your eyes what you were seeing? It had to happen, didn't it? Well, it's fact. I mean, when he hit the bar previous to that, you just think, oh, God, it's going to go on mm. again and again. Yeah. Um, so, for him to... It was... It was, it was almost slow motion. Do you know what I mean? Like, you saw it coming. The way he's... He's so good at doing that. Like, he didn't hit it with power or, you know, it was just pre- uh, precise ball. He's going to hit the back of the net. And it was it was a, a fantastic run from Eric Lamella to set him up in the first place and drag drag people towards the ball. Um, and it's a great finish. I mean, everyone knows uh, Kane's uh, one of the best uh, finishers in the world. Um, and even if he's not 100% fit with the whole pre-season stuff, and but congratulations to him. Obviously, he's just had another baby as well. So, you know, for any of, you, any of our listeners who've got kids, you know what that is like in the first two, three, four weeks or whatever when you've got a newborn. I've had three, so uh, I'm, I'm pretty much qualified. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, for him to, to do what he's doing, and again, like, like we mentioned earlier, and, and Dan said, he could have had that trick. So, yeah, it was, I, I could believe it. It's the, another monkey off his back. What, what I love when, when Poch comes out and talks about you know, in his uh, post-match press conferences and talks about different things. He always talks about the next challenge, the next challenge. It's always kind of um, uh, small steps. It's not as if we go, right, our next challenge is that we've got to, you know, win the Champions League. He's looking at his next step to go, we need to beat Real Madrid or we need to go to Old Trafford and get three points and get that confidence or we need to go to Stamford Bridge and, you know, and, and win after 20-odd years. And when you add all of them little things up, and for me, uh, on a personal note for Kane, 
that was bothering him, I think. I don't know what you lads think. I think that was bothering him not scoring. So the fact now he's got that monkey off his back, he can he can relax because he scores a bucket load in September. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Dan, let's bring you in because he's finally scored in August after 14 previous appearances in the month without scoring. Do you think, is it Spurs fans that have made this a bigger deal? Or is this the media generally, Dan, about the whole thing about uh, not scoring in August? Because to be fair, he's scored every other time, hasn't he? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Do you know what? Yeah, I think it must be it must be a media thing, isn't it? I think mm. I think when a player's so good every other month of the year that when there's one little anomaly, uh, it looks a bit it looks suspect. But I mean, to be honest, I was never really that that fussed with it. But maybe he was. I think I think what you're saying about um, Lee about him, you know, being bothered about not scoring in August. I think he's just literally bothered. He doesn't score every yeah. game. He doesn't score. He's just, he's just so up for it. So. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's a monkey off his back, I suppose. It's probably more more fun for the media than it is for actually him or the club. But, yeah, it's good to see him scoring. And, Paul, coming around to you, to be fair, isn't that the last thing now to mark off his list? There's nothing else he hasn't done, has he? Scored in the World Cup. Golden Boot winner. Scored the Champions League. Always scores in the big games with Tottenham. You know, was it four-season wonder now? What more can he do, Paul? There's nothing else left, is there, for him to achieve? Apart from winning the league, of course, with Spurs, and win the Champions League. (laughs) Apart from that, that, he's absolutely doing brilliant. (laughs) But in terms of an individual and their ability, uh, probably the the best striker I've ever seen live. There you go. Um, wow. It's just phenomenal. If you don't rate Harry Kane, then you don't rate football. I can't mm. take you seriously. Yeah. I genuinely cannot talk to you. If you, if you see a flaw in his game, then I, I don't see it. <laughs> I, I think he's the absolute perfect centre forward. He's yeah, absolutely. Everything. Absolutely everything. He works like an absolute donkey. He can score left foot, right foot, head, running line, track back. He can do absolutely everything. He, played a, he played a couple of lovely uh, crossfield passes uh, on the weekend as well. Mm. One where he brought it down and just pinged it first time. And every time I do that, I say to my dad, oh, yeah, mm. Hoddle might have been good, but he's nothing on Kane's passing. He can really do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, he's, 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 brilliant. he's to play in any club in any country, in any league. He's, he's absolutely world-class. He doesn't get anywhere near the top. credit he deserves, does he? You know him for his build-up play, chaps. Don't you think? I don't think also from like you know the way he runs the channels and as you said there, Dan, some of his crossfield passing. I think that's also underrated, and I think it's like that Spurs fans we seem to only see it because we watch him week in, week out. Do you know what I think? I think the people who who, who do have a go at him are only having a go at him because he maybe you know, has a bit of a funny way of speaking, mm, and he doesn't yeah. look like he doesn't look like you know Neymar. You know what I mean? That's, that's the only the thing, thing people yeah. got on him. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they're just jealous that he doesn't play for them. That's, that's yeah, the end of it, I think. That's what it is. It's, you know, it's, a, it's an en- envy, isn't it? Of course. They, of really? Anyone would want Harry Kane in their side. I, t- yeah. I totally echo all that. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a ball, uh, field passing and stuff. Remember last season against Swansea, but that ball that he played oh. over to Delhi Alley? It's absolutely world-class oh, ball yeah. over to Delhi Alley to score, I think, make it 3-1 or 2-1, uh, I think, from memory. It's fa- fantastic. Uh, fantastic all-round player, no doubt. Yeah. Chaps, it's Eric Lamella time before we roll it on to Man United. Now, this guy has always polarised opinion in the Spurs shirt. I think I can, always, I can already hear Paul. Was that huffing from you there, Paul? Because Eric <laughs> no, Lamella... No. Was it not? OK, Eric Lamella, no, let's start you off. All. Let's not start you off, Paul, in a debate about Lamella because I know this guy. Listen, you're big on Twitter. He polarised opinion is Lamella. Where are you on him? Because, obviously, last season we had the lovely couple of incidents with Chelsea and Arsenal where he was adored. He still seems to have a jury out opinion of him, Paul. Where are you on Lamella? Because the weekend, he's running made. And again, I had criticism because apparently, you know, the defence parted way for him. Can't give him the credit. For me, he made that goal what it was, didn't he? 
Oh, well, blimey, where'd you start with this guy? Um, <laughs> <coughs> so he's been with us nearly five years now? Yeah, five years. Four, four, five years? And when, I can genuinely say, without sounding like a little child, he was the, the signing that I was most excited about mm. going back four years ago. This guy at Roma was sensational. Getting the ball, cutting into the middle, playing the number 10 role with a striker. He was phenomenal. And he came here, and I don't know, he's had so many issues, hasn't he? Private life. And mm. uh, yep. uh, then then there's this mystery hip injuries, and there's a back problem, and there's his brother stories and everything else. And then he would come on, and he'd be like a bull in a china shop. He would get booked every game, uh, reckless tackles. But he'd somehow do something to, to just give you that bit of hope that's and that, true, that yeah, spark. So true. Yeah. And you'd think, I can't work. I still can't work this guy out <laughs> after four years. <laughs> I don't know, but where, where does he fit in this side? Because he should play number 10, but mm. he's not going to get ahead of Deli Alley. No. So where where do you play him now? Is he impact though, Paul, you, isn't he? Is he impact or, on the bench? Well, yeah, is that his is that his role now? Well, so you can go Dembele, Lamella are your and either Son or Moira are your impact players, and it, maybe that's not a bad road to go down. Mm. Probably get loads of bites on saying stuff like that, but yeah. um, maybe that's their their role now. But mm. will, will someone like Lamella settle for that? I suppose he will because he's been getting paid for like. Four years and he's only worked two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think yeah. he's um he, he's he's in the Pochettino sort of like trusted fifteen is what I, yeah, what I call it. You got that first eleven, yeah. You got that first eleven, then three or four subs that that will get a, quite a lot of game time, whether that's you know in the Champions League or you know two games a week and switch it up. And I think he trusts those. Uh, if you know if we get into the the Champions League final, is he going to be in the starting eleven? Probably not. But I think he's definitely trusted enough to, you know, to be well within that first team squad. Mm. Lee, let's bring you in. Thoughts on Lamella? I think it's very difficult. I was quite critical of uh, Lamella at the back end of last season yeah. when I sort of said, oh, "I think, I think we could probably let him go or whatever." And then I saw the video of him being injured um, and how much he basically couldn't even walk. That's how bad his injury was for an entire year. Mm. He was out. Obviously, we know, and when you see it like that, you kind of, as a fan, you look at it and think, "Bloody hell!" You know, like that's that's a massive injury that he's had, and uh, and he's had to come back from. So, I don't know whether, like, like Paul said, like you say, he's only worth for like two out of four years, and he's he's kind of almost an enigma, isn't he? Because I don't think he knows what he's going to do for but <laughs> anyone else. And, and the reason why he's had problems with his hips is because his head goes one way, and his body goes the other. <laughs> so that's why he's probably had the, the issues with the, with the hips. The great thing about that is, of course, is that after opposition battle, what he's going to do, which which is what happened on uh, Fulham uh, on the weekend, and which is why he got an assist. But if you look at his stats, I know stats aren't everything, of course, but if you look at his stats, they're actually not that bad um, in terms of games played to assist or chances created and that sort of stuff. But again, I'm on the, I'm a little bit like you guys. Where does he fit? Mm-hmm. Um, I think he does fit at the moment as a as a backup player I mean if you've got your three across the, uh, uh, if you're looking at the squad three behind Kane it's Deli, Ericsson and Son um, and therefore Lamella has to come in as a backup to one of them three or, or game changer or whatever but it's up to him now to get fully fit yep. and force himself into that side and that, that's what I would say you know the challenge mm-hmm. out to him and we're just giving him a new contract as well yeah it's the thing so, isn't it you know, yeah. at the end of the day they, they do trust him like you say 
Dan, he's in the Potch's circle of 15, if you like. You know, he's, he's got a new contract. So, they obviously see Sank in him. I can hear Jason shouting at me going, there you go. Told you why we didn't strengthen. I can hear Jason shouting at me whilst he's listening <laughs> to this pod going, told you we didn't need to strengthen. And to be fair, Jason, he has a fair point. So, he did say before the window war even opened he said to us you know where are you going to strengthen those attacking areas and when you name them there you've got the likes of Lamella Mora uh, you know Sonny now who's just scored for the Asian um, in the Asian Cup as well it's going to be very hard to see how we would have had like Paul could you imagine a Martial in this team would it have been hard to have seen that one or do you think he would have come straight in Paul it's, it's not a question of oh we've got numbers it's a question of whether you can improve the quality of mm. those numbers Yeah. so it's it's yes, we have numbers on paper. It's whether you have... Is the player that you're going to bring in to replace, for example, Dembele, is he better? Yeah. So you can always improve this thing about, oh, we can't improve our starting level. It's absolute garbage because you can always find someone who's better than Eric Lamella. Yep. That's, just, that's just life. That's just football. So you can always strengthen. It's whether you can identify someone that's going to improve or be an upgrade on what you've got for the price and the wages that you're prepared to pay. Now, Tottenham's philosophy is different. They don't operate like that. They operate where they want to nurture a talent and make him better so that overall, in three years' time, that player is ready. So they do need this sort of succession line that we spoke about earlier, where Winks has been integrated to then take over from... Dembele but yeah you can always improve your first 11 of course you can mm. but it all comes down to money doesn't it it does it does always take with Spurs that polarises opinion that word money can never have too <laughs> always have too much of it don't do enough with it that's Tottenham for you I'm going to bring the guy's name uh, up because uh, you know I'm, uh, we all love him but you know that that for me is that, that, that piece about if somebody like Gareth Bale becomes available which in our world you know it's not it's not realistic um, to sign somebody of 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 his caliber and his quality, but that's actually the type of player that we actually need. You know, Martial, yeah, but if you looked at Gareth Bale, he's a game changer, and actually he would improve 100% the first team squad against that that attack. You know, Mora, Lamella, Eriksson, Deli Ali, Son, all them players, um, and back up to Kane as well. Bale would would get in in front in front of them all and and support the people that have already got. And that's what I'm saying. Why we didn't sign anyone is because we couldn't sign people of that calibre. Mm. That's just where the club's at, right? We just, you know, we've got to be what we are. I mean, t- eight years ago, we were freaking bottom, in the bottom half of the table, for God's sake, doing a West Ham. Mm. Paul, what do you make of that? I always intrigued to find people's reactions to that. What do you make of those comments by Lee? Well, I think it's fine, but then you don't go and try and target players like Wilfred Zahar and go in throwing £15 million bids in. <laughs> because that you know that's just not going to happen, is it? This guy is a seventy million pound footballer or sixty-five million, whatever. So why are we wasting our time targeting or supposedly targeting players like that if they're not realistic? You know, if you said to me, "Do you want Moira in the side or would you like Zahar in the squad?" It's going to be Zahar all day long. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Also, I think in terms of Zahar or Martial, I think um, those sort of players we could buy that we could play in the midfield, but could also um, be a backup to Kane when he's out, which we, we kind of not really need Urente. I think that's that's the that's the sort of sort of area I think we should have been targeting. But yeah, which is kind of what he's done with Son. So let me just ask yeah. you guys a question, if I can, and get your thoughts on that. Then, so we signed Zaha for sixty-five million quid. 
who does he replace out of Ericsson, um, Deli Alley, and Sonny and Kane? Who, who does he replace? Sixty-five million pound players does he replace? Son. Mm. So yeah, you, I think we, so. So we think. So, Wick, what do you think? I, I would probably say Sonny, but I do, I do adore Sonny. But I mean, the way Zaha's been playing in the Premier League the last couple of seasons, I might get absolutely berated for saying that. I do think Zaha at the moment is another level up, isn't he? From what we're seeing at the moment. <laughs> but why so are we hard. obsessed? Why are we obsessed with saying it's got to be him out and him in? Why, no, why, why can't, can't it be? Why can't, alongside, why can't yeah, you have along with him? five five top? got five players that can mm. play up, up the top three positions so it's three from five every week mm. oh yeah no listen don't get me wrong well, no, that's, that's, I think that's Daniel if you're making... listening if you want to do it we're up for it not a problem at all <laughs> we don't mind <laughs> yeah, go on, Dan. please yeah, do no, it we don't the, mind the point, the point I'm making is exactly the point you've just made which is so you bring in Zahar and he, and he comes in somebody's got to be dropped because you know and all, all of a sudden you're like well hang on a minute how can I drop that player because he's not he's only he's, you know, he's, he's brilliant, he's this, he's that. You know, he, at the end of the day, is, is Zaha going to win us the league? Now, is he going to take us to the next level that's going to win us the league? The same with a Martial. And Gareth Bale, 100% would. 100% he would take us to the next level. But <coughs> Zaha and a Martial, not necessarily would. So, you know, I'm all for all these players, but at the end of the day, he's already getting jipped with not playing Toby at the back, for God's sake. Like, <laughs> we've got a £65 million player on the bench. I, I, I exactly see where you're coming from. Like, I, I completely get, I get that point of view. I just think, whilst we are playing Sizoko, whilst sizoko has got a place on the bench, there's always room to improve. And I think, no, I don't mean that in a harsh way, no, but, but it's, it's true. I mean, yeah, I agree. But Sissoko isn't the same player. Oh, we're going off piece here, but it's quite a good debate. Sissoko's not the same player as a Zaha or a Deli Ali or a Christian Eriksen or Son. So the point, the point, it or Lucas Moore or Eric Lamella. Yeah, but I'd have you on the so bench, Lee, as opposed to Sissoko, and you're not, and you're not a similar player, but, are you? That's, no, but that's, that's like saying, that's like saying, I'm sorry, I'm not having that. That's like saying you'd rather have, you know, 15 strikers or 10 strikers on the bench than some defenders. You've got to put people in the positions yeah, that no, they play, yeah. and having a look at Sissoko. That's fair enough, but then then you're looking at that position of a Dembele or Winks or Wanyama or Eric Dyer. So you know you, you've got to yeah. look for uh, round pegs and round holes here, lads. Yeah, it? yeah, you're right. I said I think I think Sizoka did play quite a lot in that that three sort of not behind, but he, he played in that three ahead of the front uh, the, the midfield too last season quite a bit. And also if if you put if you take out Sizoko, you can swap him with Yorente. That's what I mean. You know, we've got players on the bench that aren't yeah. anywhere near as good as those sort of players. Don't you guys agree though that sixty million pound is now the old forty million? Yeah, it is. Oh, yeah. Right. The so, that, so therefore, if we signed Davison Sanchez for forty-two million last summer, or the summer four, and he's not guaranteed to start, we're debating whether you can not play a sixty million pound man and can he just be a squad player? We're already doing that with Davison. Yeah. Well. Actually, we're doing it with Toby, to be fair. But, well, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, well, two of them. So we're yeah, already doing it. Same, it's the same situation, yeah. No, it's a good point. Yeah. Well, talk about Davinson, yeah. talk about Toby. We have to bring them both up now. It's time for the Man United preview. Guys, it's, it's been an enjoyable show tonight. Guys, sorry it's longer than usual. You have to find a time to listen to this one on your lunch break on the way up to the game. I'm going to come out of you, Paul, and start it off. It's ironic, Paul, how Man United looks so poor against Brighton. And yet, as a Spurs fan, you still have that sinking feeling. We're going to end up going up there and losing it 1-0, don't you? <laughs> well, yeah, but you wouldn't be Spurs if you didn't think that, would no, you? So that's just, that's, just, that's just inherent. That's yes, in all of us. Yeah, I can see us going up there and winning 
two nil, and I can see us losing five nil. So that's, that's just the life. That's, that's the spurs. life of a Tottenham fan, isn't it? But um, we go there full of confidence. We've got okay. nothing to fear. We uh, are better than them currently. We've um, got two wins uh, on the bounce. They've they looked in total disarray. Jose is doing his normal Jose trick in the third season where he started to alienate people and lose friends. So I think we uh, we should go there brimming with confidence, to be honest. Mm. I mean, as Paul said there, over to you, Dan, we should be going there brimming with confidence. They've just come off the back of a defeat to Brighton. Many would say it was unexpected. They did actually lose their last season as well. And is this one playing out, should I say, Dan, on Monday night? Um, I don't want to be the voice of doom, but I'm so pessimistic going to Old Trafford. I've just lose so many times there that I don't care how good we're playing, how bad they might be playing. I've just seen this script way too many times. But then I need to keep telling myself that this isn't the same Tottenham as 10 years ago. And, and I, I think I think we do have a better team than them at the moment. Um, what worries me is that Jose Mourinho, with his back against the wall, sometimes uh, pulls one out of the bag. And I'm, I'm worried I think he's going to try and do a number on us, which we're going to have to try and counter. Um, I think I can't see them going over the halfway line too much. Um, <laughs> I think we're going to, I think we'll have more of the ball. I think we'll have more of the play. I think we'll play pretty, but then I think it's just keeping them out at the right time. I think they'll get a couple of chances. Um, they'll probably play Rashford and um, maybe Martial, Lukaku. They're going to get chances. We need to keep them out when they come and then, you know, hopefully dominate the game and try and get at least a point. I've been, I mean, I'll snatch, I'll snatch your arm off for a point right now, wouldn't I'll you be, boys? I'll take a point. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not that greedy. I'd take a point if it was on offer. Would you, Lee? So I hate taking points. Oh, you wouldn't, would you? You can't help yourself. You want all three. Look, I mean, to be honest, right? At, at the end of the day, I think I agree with with what Paul said. I agree with what Dan said in terms of bringing with confidence. I think at the end of the day, we've got to go up there, and this is the mentality thing that we've been trying to get get into our into into the essence of our club, I think, you know, over the last kind of four or five years under Poch, is that we shouldn't be fearing Old Trafford. No one else is is, is kind of, a lot of other, the other games, you know, Man United turn up, they're not fearing them anymore. It just gets sometimes a sense that Spurs still do fear it. You know, when we went up there last season, we lost 1-0, that little flick on and, you know, Dyer missed the, uh, the head of them, whatever, and just think, you know, it's them little little times in the game. When is it going to fall for us? When it's going to? Then you go to Stanford Bridge. What four, 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 five months later, and absolutely rip Chelsea a new one. So I want to see that type of a, uh, performance um, on Monday night. Uh, I think the worry for me is not not necessarily anything other than you know it's Old Trafford under the lights. That and and like Dan said, backs against the wall. Mourinho is a. Oh, he's, uh, Paul, you talked about Poch being more cute this year. I mean, Reno's very cute about getting things out, pulling things out of the bag. Or he's, he's made a career out of doing that, hasn't he? When his back's against the wall, sometimes creating a crisis when one isn't there actually mm. gets you to do something that, that that you need. And I think he's very, very good at creating a crisis to make sure that he gets the, he gets what he wants out of his players. So that that would worry me, but nothing to fear. Uh, go there, play our football, get our tactics right, Poch. And uh, bring back the three points. I think that'd be an amazing start to the season. Mm. Jason made a great point when I was chatting to him last night. He says to me, "Would you?" Well, he said to me about Dembele because I said, "No, you've got to start Dembele." And Jay said, "But would you be tempted to start Dembele, even when Popper got the better of him twice last season?" Paul, what's your thoughts on that? Um, I think if if you could get if you knew you could get ninety minutes out of Winks, I think you started. Really, you put Winks in, would you? Yeah, because I think that the problem we're going to have with United is they're going to park the bus, aren't they? 
<laughs> do you reckon really it'll be a yeah, counter yeah, 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 yeah? I, I think I think that they will be quite defensive that this is a team that um, are very low on uh, team spirit morale Mourinho's tactics overall they're not going to come out and blaze us I don't, that's just not him is it he hasn't played that way for well I don't, during I think in his Forever. first season in his first season of if, um, when United played Marshall through the middle uh, they were a lot more sort of attacking and then he tried to accommodate other players and pushed him out wide and it's all sort of fallen apart for them since then. But um, if if you can get a playmaker like Winks, but I just don't think he'll be fit enough and I suspect that Dembele will start. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't, wasn't Dembele man of, man of the match against Man United last year? When we uh, beat him at home, uh, 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 the home, home, home one, Wembley game, wasn't yeah, it? The home one, yeah. Ran the game, didn't he? Ran it. Yeah. Pogba got sent off. I got subbed, didn't he? After like 50 minutes. I think these yeah. Jason was referring to the game against the away, the away game to Man United, uh, the away one. and obviously and the, uh, the semi-final. The cup, yeah. That was the oh, Eric yeah. Eric Dyer mistake, wasn't it? The away yeah. game. Yeah, that was. Yeah, yeah. well, that was yeah. Eric Dyer and it was Toby. A flick remember? From Lukaku. Remember Toby as well, though. Toby wasn't innocent in that at all, as well, Paul. On the day. It was Toby. Was yeah, Toby. that's right, yeah. I know we always try and blank it out until he makes a mistake, but he was at fault that day. <laughs> Where was Vertonghen? Can't even remember now. Yeah, but I think Jan did play, didn't he? No, no, they played, oh. they played. Uh, oh, was it three at the back? I think he dropped him into a back three. Uh, into a back three or um, uh, towards the end of the match. That's uh, right. Which ended at the end of the game. And it was a long, long ball up, flick on from Lukaku, Martial, bang, 1-0. Mm. And he just yeah, thinks, oh, you know, for all of that. And, and there, we had a chance, didn't we, that game, Deli Alley. Had a really good chance. Oh, yeah. It was almost like Chelsea it come over his shoulder, I think, from memory, and he's and he he, he didn't get catch hold of it uh, well enough, and he could have, and he didn't, and it was kind of like, you know, that, and that's what I said earlier. It's fine margins, isn't it? Let's be honest, it's fine margins. Mm-hmm. We come away with a one 0 loss, we'll be we'll be gutted, but at least we've already got six points in the bag. We come away with a draw, we'll be like, all right, fair enough, you know, we we'll move on to the next game. We we'll come away for, with a win, we're six points clear of Manchester United after three games. I mean, you know, and, and, and probably either nine points clear of uh, Arsenal or nine nine points clear of United, uh, West Ham United. So it's, it's, it's all good rounds. There's, there's no real bad result, is there? We don't well, are they going to both lose? Are they West Ham and Arsenal? <laughs> well, no, I said, if only we could make that happen, Dan, that'd be a great I did say either one. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Cracking stat by Lily White Rosie, just to finish up, who says, we've only lost 17 of our last 116 Premier League matches. Three of those of those 17 defeats have come at Old Trafford. We've not scored there since a 2-1 win in, well, it was on the 1st of Jan 2014. <coughs> it, it is a serious big ask, Paul. Let's get your prediction and overall thoughts as we round this one up. Yeah, but when we did, we 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 won two seasons in a row. We did, you mean? AVB and Sherwood. AVB and Sherwood. Yeah, that tells you everything, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> that tells you a lot, doesn't it? Yeah. If, if, if they can win there, surely Poch can win there. Come on. To be fair, they were against David Moyes, though, weren't he? So. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Fair, Dan. It was against Disclaimer. David Moyes. What are you going for, yeah. Paul? Give us a prediction. Go for a Spurs win. 2-1. Two, 2-1. One. Two, one. There you go. Paul O'Keefe, a 2-1 Spurs win away at Man United. He's not been drinking. We haven't given him anything. I promise you. I, 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 I normally have splinters up my arse as well. Well, I was like, normally, you know, <laughs> to get a prediction like that from Paul on a podcast, I can't believe it. But, but I, I, I honestly, you. I honestly don't rate United at the moment. I think that no. there's a lot going on there that um, it's all going to unravel. They, they are not playing for the manager, are they, Paul? No, I mean, no they, he's they alienated not them. Not playing he? for the manager. He's having a laugh. And Paul Pogba scored two goals this season, both from but the penalty spot. The, that, simila- I mean, the similarities with what happened at Chelsea mm-hmm. are so startling because what he did there was he started to call out 
um, individual players, the, sen- the senior yeah, players, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and yeah. he's doing exactly the same here because what Mourinho has done throughout his career is he's managed by fear. Yeah. So you, he he puts the fear into the player. Listen, if you don't do it for me, I will go out and buy someone else. Simple as that. Mm. We, because he was used to being able to spend whatever he likes, multi millions of pounds. And his problem now is that other clubs can do it as well. Yeah. And, yeah. United, and United now, and like Chelsea did, they're like, well, hang on a minute. This isn't right. The, why, the thing is, why do you want to go out and buy a 29, 30-year-old players for 50, 60, 70 million pounds? Because that's thing, what he's always done. That's why he wants yeah. Oldervard, and that's why he wants William. Yeah. Yeah. Fascinating. The, 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 thing is, the thing is, the thing is with um, United at the moment is that they actually cannot afford to lose this football match. They, they literally mm. cannot afford to lose this football match. But bearing in mind, lads, it's Monday night, so we'd have known all the other results by that by that point. City could be shit, sitting six points in front of them. Uh, Liverpool, um, you know, looks like they might go and, go and win this game tonight, and they could be. You know, they're their main rivals, and they've got to play one of their main rivals in terms of Spurs on that night. They can't afford to lose this match. Whereas Tottenham can go there and go, well, no one's expecting us to win anyway. I'm not saying that we're the complete underdogs, but no one's expecting us to win. And actually, you know, if if we get a draw, it's not as bad as all of that. Whereas with Mourinho, he, he kind of needs the three points. He does, doesn't he? I mean, Lee, let's get your prediction going into this one. A massive, massive game. What are you going for? 6-0 United. No, I'm <laughs> oh, after all that. <laughs> no, don't, don't, don't put that. Um... <laughs> Unlike Paul, I, I'm actually a little bit splinters. I, I can't call this because my my heart is going. I think we can turn them over, and my so my heart's saying three one, but my head's going. We'll probably end up. We'll probably go one one. I think it'll one, be one one. To be honest, okay. sorry, not getting too carried away. Then Lee, just the one one, yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to get, I'm trying to like keep my feet on the ground. Yeah. I mean, I know, honestly, he's optimistic, so he's tried his best there. Let's bring it around to you, Dan. What are you going to finish us up with? Uh, do you know what? I can't see more than one goal in this game. I, I, I think God, you're one goal me now, either Dan. way. What does that mean? Yeah. Well, it's in like 1-0. Uh, yeah, 1-0 uh, Spurs. There you 1-0 go. Spurs. There you go. Uh, yeah, I'm going 1-0 Spurs. On, he's going for Eight it. Minute. Ericsson. Uh, Ericsson, free kick. Not out of here. Oh, Ericsson free kick. <laughs> Leave it. <laughs> it's waiting to happen. <laughs> oh, yeah, dear. no, I... I do you know? Yeah, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. I think we can do it. I'm just, I'm just glad the players don't have that awful pessimistic feeling that I usually do. Mm. Oh god! I mean, it's, it's gonna be a cracking, cracking game. I'm gonna go for also a one-nil Spurs win. I must be mad. I can see us nicking it. And like Paul says, there they're up in a crisis more than we are off the pitch as well. I've got to say. This show has lasted longer than we expected, but listen, we're in company of fantastic guests. So that's what happens when you get these guys together. Paul, thank you ever so much for coming back on. I hope it will be for many, many more times this season. Excellent. Thank you, guys. Excellent. Don't be silly. It's been an absolute pleasure. And Dan, same to you. Hopefully we'll get you back on, like I say, throughout this season. Yeah, brilliant, mate. Look forward to it. Lovely. Nice Up one. the Spurs. Up the Spurs. And Lee, thank you as always. A regular guest always, Lee McQueen. Thank you, Lee. One of our own, Rick. One of our own. Oh. Cheers, boys. <laughs> no problem at all. Guys, a reminder, if you need reminding, you should need reminding by now, that if you're listening to the show on Tuesday morning, which I know you are, because hopefully you love the show, 
then you can hear more last word on Spurs. You can hear Jason's thoughts on Fulham. You can hear our thoughts on Man United. All to come this evening. We're going to be live on Love Sport Radio between 7pm to 9pm in the UK. If you want to get involved, call the show. You can do that by calling us on 0208 7020558. That's 0208 7020558. We're on 558am DAB Radio. Guys, please get involved. Enjoy the show. And as always... Come on, you Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.